Well, our last night tonight, if you would, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. I, I do know where the New Testament is. I don't often preach out of it, but I do know where the New Testament is. And so uh, tonight out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. When you find your spot there in 1 Thessalonians 5, you might also want to turn to John chapter 14. Uh, we'll be uh, uh, reading out of John 14 quite a bit as well tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and John chapter 14. Stand with me if you would tonight out of respect for the reading of the Word of God and stretching our legs, uh, helping us to focus. Alright, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 tonight and we're going to begin reading in verse number 19. Are we ready? 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19. Quench not the Spirit. Read verse 19 again. Quench not the Spirit. With such a short text, you would think this would be a short message. You'd think. Didn't know you were going to memorize a verse tonight. Let's, let's say it together in unison, alright? Quench not the Spirit. Alright, if you're in Patch Club, you all get extra points tonight because you just memorized a verse. There you, there you go. Title of our message, if you would indulge me tonight, we'll have two different titles. The first title would be this, Changing the Mood. And the second title would be this, Silencing God. Changing the Mood. Or a second title, Silencing God. Lord, you know what is needed tonight. And uh, Lord, above all people, you know what you want to do. So Lord, I pray that your will would be affected in our lives tonight. May your will, Lord, be accomplished in how I preach and what I say. Lord, may your will be accomplished in how the people, including myself, respond, Lord, to the preaching of the Word of God. And Lord, for every one of us, that response may look a little different. For some, it may be they need to get saved tonight. For others, Lord, they need to surrender to some aspect of your will. For others, Lord, they need to quit doing something that, that they should not be doing, that is, that is hindering their walk. But Lord, in all of it, I pray, in all of it, Lord, that your will would be accomplished tonight. Lord, thank you for the good song service. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful truth of that song, of the goodness of God. Lord, if I, if I sang forever, I believe the old hymn says something to the effect, Lord, if, the, if all the, the sky were of parchment made, and Lord, uh, uh, every drop of ocean were ink, and every man ascribed by trade, Lord, we could not write of your goodness. We could not exhaust your goodness. May we, may we launch out from that aspect tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you this evening. You may be seated. Have you ever been in a situation where, for whatever reason, the mood dramatically shifted or changed? Um, I, this, this is sad. I still kind of think like a teenager sometimes. And, and uh, I'm thinking about in one time in English class, excuse me, in math class, uh, my teacher's name was Nagelkirk. Come on, that's, that's, a, that's a math teacher's name right there, Nagelkirk. And um, uh, just like Nabal, her name was as her name is. I mean, she was just... Anyhow, all right. Um, and so uh, we were we were talking with Miss Nagelkirk, and and we were we were jesting with Miss Nagelkirk, and she was making fun of our basketball team because we hadn't won a game, and we were making fun of her for being perpetually single. Now it was it was a good natured, good natured back and forth. Everything was good. Everything was funny until someone said, "We all know you don't choose to be single." 
You're that way because there's nobody desperate or blind. And then it just got stone cold silent. Like it just... Yeah, you're imagining this. You're, saying, you're doing very well with the message so far tonight. It, it was going along. Everything was good. Everything was fine. And then something was said that crossed the line and suddenly it was... And uh, uh, Cody was sent to the principal's office and uh, a couple of other people also for laughing. And uh, uh, it just... It changed everything. Now, that's not a perfect illustration. There are, there are very few perfect illustrations in life because what we're talking about tonight is something much more significant than just changing the mood of, an, of, of a room or of a, of a given venue or situation. We're talking about something much more serious than that. First Thessalonians is a, an interesting portion of Scripture. Pastor and I have been talking. He just preached through First Thessalonians. I've preached through First Thessalonians. I'm preaching through Second Thessalonians at our church right now. First Thessalonians was written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the church at, at Thessalonica or Thessaloniki, if you want to say it that way. And uh, the church is going through all kinds of problems. In fact, the church is going through so much persecution that Paul has had to flee for his life. Paul is in Athens writing back to the church at Thessalonica and trying to help this baby church. He was only there for a matter of weeks. Some say a matter of months, some say a matter of weeks, but a very short period of time. He wasn't there a long time. They're not strong believers. They're not mature believers. They're not, they're not uh, uh, lifelong believers. They're all these baby Christians that are uh, following the Scriptures and trying to follow what Paul has, has taught them. And so Paul, imagine if you would, this grandpa figure that's writing to this baby church trying to encourage them to continue serving the Lord and to, in spite of persecutions and problems and even martyrdom and death, being fired from their jobs, uh, disassociated from their families, all of these things, he's writing to them to try to help them. If you'll notice at the end of chapter 5, the verses come very quick. They're very, very short. For example, verse number 16, rejoice evermore. Verse number 17, pray without ceasing. Verse number 19, despise, or verse number 20, excuse me, despise not prophesying. And so he's, he's kind of firing off these things. And in my head, it's almost like a, uh, as you're saying goodbye, you're trying to remind somebody of all the things they're supposed to do before you say goodbye. Come on, I, I left my two daughters in Bible college this year in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And as I was leaving them, now one I've had in my home for 18 years, uh, and now she's been gone for two years. The other one I've had in my home for 18 years. So I've had 18 years to prepare for this moment. And still as I'm leaving, I'm like, don't forget to check your oil. Come on, that's a big one. The 20-year-old didn't know that. Didn't learn that. That's why she burned her engine up last year. Anyhow, so I reminded the 18-year-old, check, don't forget to check your oil. Don't forget to have your devotions. Don't forget to say your prayers. Don't forget to call your mother. Come on, we're, we're firing off these, these last-minute details of, of very pertinent, precious things sort of condensed and consolidated into a, a short passage to try to have an impact as you're, as you're signing off and saying goodbye. That's what Paul's doing in 1 Thessalonians. He's signing off, saying goodbye, giving them bulletin point, points to remember and to implement to help them in their time of need. Verse number 19, he says, Quench not the Spirit. So let's analyze that tonight if we can, just real quick. Quench. The word quench means to, to put out, to, to extinguish, to pour water upon. Uh, when I think of quench, I, I think of a, a fire. You've had a fire, you've been up in the mountains, and, and uh, you've cooked your food, you made your coffee, you're going to bed for the night, and so then you, you pour water on it, you quench it, you, you put it out, you, you dampen the heat of the fire so that it doesn't get out and go anywhere. So he says quench, and then he says not. And the word not means not. If I have to define not, we're in trouble here tonight. It means, it means don't. Don't do this, alright? Quench not the. The would be singular. There's, it's only referring to one. 
there are some versions of the Bible and some people who would suggest what he's talking there is don't quench the human spirit. Don't, don't quench your emotions. Don't, don't quench. No, 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 no. It's the spirit. He's talking singular. He's not talking about our, our personalities. He's not talking about our emotions. By the way, most of the time we would do well to quench our emotions. We don't need to necessarily let all the world know what we're thinking at all times. Facebook is wrong in that regard, okay? Uh, the world can deal without knowing exactly what you're thinking at every moment of every day. So quench, don't, don't put out, don't, don't diminish uh, uh, the, the only, quench not the, the only, and then it says spirit. Quench not the spirit. And you'll notice about the spirit, I, I hate being all educated tonight, but the spirit there is capitalized, indicating what? It's God. It's a person. It is a, it is an entity. It's not just an emotion. It's capitalized because it's a person. And so Paul goes, all right, church, you're being martyred. Church, you're going through trouble. Church, there's all kinds of problems around you. Church, you are going through difficulty. So here's what I have to say to you. Quench, don't put out the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit of God. Whatever you do, don't quench the Spirit. Now, the Spirit there, is not just a spirit, it is the spirit. It is the third part of the Trinity. So there is God the Father, there is God the Son, Jesus Christ, and then there is God the Holy Spirit. In 1 John chapter 5, in verse number 7, the Bible says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now we could spend a lot of time tonight trying to explain the Trinity, but can we just say this? The Trinity is, there are three parts to God. They are all three God. They are all three equal. They are all three distinct, but they are all three God. I remember, I worked hard on that, all right? Don't ask me to do it again. I don't think I can. Okay? They're all three God. God the Father is God. God the Father that we would pray to. God the Father is God. Jesus, His Son, who came and was born of a virgin, who lived a sinless life on earth, who was crucified on the cross, He was buried and rose again the third day. That is God the Son. Jesus is God. No, no, come on. The Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses can get that all confused, but we're not going to get that confused. Jesus is God. He is God in human form. He is separate from God the Father. He is distinct from God the Father, but He is equal to God the Father. Well, how do you know that? Because Philippians says, Jesus Himself said, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God? He is equal with God. He is just as much God. And then there is the Holy Spirit. There is the Holy Ghost. And He as well is God. Okay, now it gets a little quieter here because people get real, real nervous when you start preaching about the Holy Spirit because they think we're going to speak in tongues or do something weird. And we may do something weird, but we're not going to speak in tongues. Okay, I don't know if I assuaded your 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 uh, anxiousness there or, or amplified it, but okay, the Holy Spirit is God. He is just as much God as God is God. He is just as much God as Jesus is God. He 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 has actions and feelings and reactions because he is real. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit is a spirit, obviously, but He has every attribute that you and I would think of a person or an individual having. He has feelings. He has passions. He, he, has, he has motives. He has desires. He has roles or responsibilities. He has things that He should do. Now think about that. This is the last thing that Paul is going to say to these people. He doesn't know 2 Thessalonians is coming when he finishes 1 Thessalonians. He thinks this is the last letter he's going to write to them. And one of the last things he says is, whatever you do, don't quench the Spirit of God in your lives. Don't quench the Spirit. I can tell this is super exciting. Everybody's just mesmerized. Well, take your Bibles now and turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. 
John chapter 14, here's what we want to do. As quickly as we can, we just want to look at some of the roles, some of the responsibilities that the Holy Spirit of God has, being a third part of the Godhead. Okay? I promise we're not going to, we're not going to take long. This is an exhaustive study. Uh, this isn't pneumatology in, in Bible college, right? We're just going to quickly go through what the Holy Spirit does. Chapter number 14, verse number 16. If you have a red letter Bible, you'll notice that they're in red because these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said this, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. So the first thing I want to point out about the Comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, all right, that God, Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to get, not going to leave you without a Comforter. When I leave and ascend back up to heaven, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit of God that will indwell you, and He is a forever. He will be with you, abide with you forever. Well, how can He be forever? Because He's God. He's the third part of the Godhead. He's, he is not a created creature. He's not an angel. No, no, come on, this is significant. I know it's deeper, and you're used to me being shallower, but... Give me a little bit of credit, all right? Let's, let's play in the deep end of the pool for just like 20 minutes, okay? And then, then we'll go back to the shallow end and we'll have fun, all right? And so, uh, he abides with you forever. He is a, he is an eternal part of the Godhead. Verse number 17. Even the Spirit, notice it's capitalized again, the Spirit of truth. Well, what does that teach us about the Holy Spirit of God? The Holy Spirit of God is truth. He loves truth. He convinces of truth. He speaks of truth. He's around the truth. Come on, the Holy Spirit of God and truth are synonymous. He will never do anything that isn't truth. He will only speak truth. He will only convince truth. Now, there is a lying spirit, there is a deceptive spirit, there is the human spirit that will often speak lies and deceive and manipulate and twist the truth. The Holy Spirit of God loves truth, will only speak truth. He is, in fact, truth. Reading on in verse number 17, "...whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him." But ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Third truth we hear tonight about the Holy Spirit of God is that it is part of the Godhead that indwells us. All right. Now at the time of the writing here, Jesus is saying right now He's here, He's with us, but then after I ascend back up into heaven, He will indwell you. We even hear, by the, we hear preaching and stuff and we hear that phrase, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. If you're saved, Brother Tim professes to be saved, and most of the time I believe that. And so Brother Tim is saved the moment he got saved. No, 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 listen. The moment he turned from his sin and put his faith and trust just in Jesus Christ for his salvation, in nothing else, the Holy Spirit of God indwells him. A third part of God, the third part of the Trinity, excuse me, fully God, indwells Tim. You'd think he'd act better, wouldn't you? Uh-huh. Uh, the Holy Spirit of God indwells us. He takes up residence in our heart and in our life the moment that we got saved. Skip down now to verse number 26. We're just hurrying. This is, by the way, this is not a complete list. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just the John 14, 15, 16 list, all right? Verse number 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, so we see there that it's clearly Him, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. The Holy Spirit of God is your instructor. The Holy Spirit of God helps you to understand things. That's why before you got saved, you'd read the Bible and you're like, what in the world is going on here? And then after you read the Bible, you're still like, what in the world's going on here? But ever so often, you're like, now that I got. Now that I, I mean, was that written like that before? I mean, because I've read that and I didn't get that. And now I read that and I got that. And that, that, and then you're like, did I really get that? And you go and you check with pastor, and pastor's like, yep, you really got that. That's what that says. That's what that means. And it's, it's, we call it in, 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 in a, a theological terms, illumination. 
He helps you to understand. He, he helps you to grasp. He helps you. Okay, we say it in theological terms, illumination. We say it in cartoon terms, light the bulb. Okay, it makes the light go off, lets you be able to see and understand what's, what's taking place. I like to mix it up for both, I mean, because Tim's in the, again in the audience. So. so teach you all things. And I love this. This is one of my favorites. First, uh, reading on, verse number 26. And bring all things to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit reminds you of things. He brings things back to your mind. What's He bring back to your mind? He brings back to your mind things that you promised. Oh, come on. Uh, things you promised God last year. Things you promised at this altar. He'll, he'll be like, hey, remember you said you were going to read your Bible. Hey, remember you said you were going to witness to your friends. Hey, remember you said you weren't going to be meeting your wife anymore. Come on. He reminds you of things. He reminds you of things that you said. He reminds you of things that God said. It's going to be okay. No, no, it's going to be okay. Oh, come on. The world's getting crazy. The world's getting crazy. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. What, what, if, what if the Democrats win? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's, it's going to be okay. He reminds us that it's going to be okay. It really is. He reminds us of things and teaches us things. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you're like, I, you know, you didn't know what to say, and all of a sudden God gave you a verse that you, you didn't necessarily have memorized. I mean, you had heard it before, and all of a sudden you say it, and you said it like almost perfect, and you're like, where'd that come from? The Holy Spirit of God. It, it reminded you of things and brought all things back to your remembrance. Verse number 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. The Holy Spirit helps bring us peace. Well, it doesn't really say that. Jesus said it's His peace. Yeah, but in verse 26, He's called the Comforter. In verse number 16, He's called the Comforter because that's what He does. He comforts. He brings peace. He calms the inner man or woman. Come on. We, we, you can be sitting here tonight in church with a smile on your face and inside be going, how am I going to handle that problem? How am I going to pay that debt? How am, I, how am I going to do my, my husband? How am I going to handle my kids? What's, what's going to go on with the work? And what's going to go when the doctor calls with the test results? Come on. The Holy Spirit of God comes alongside. He goes, I'll be okay. No, no. He give you peace, even in the midst of hardship, and in the midst of destruction, in the midst of, of difficulty. Chapter 15, verse number 26. We're hurrying. We're, we're, we're trying to hurry here. Chapter 15, verse number 26. But when the Comforter, wow, again, he's mentioned that. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now this is a significant one. We're going to slow down here for just a second because this is where a lot of people get wonky about the Holy Spirit. Is they start to worship the Holy Spirit and elevate the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is the silent part of the Trinity. He's the, he's the if you would, for our understanding, this is, this is not exactly correct, but just our understanding, he's the shy part of the Trinity. He always points people to Jesus. When people look at the Holy Spirit and they look at what He can do and who He is, He always is deferential and points those people on to Jesus Christ and testifies to Jesus Christ and exalts Jesus Christ and, and pushes people on to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit does not want to be worshipped as Jesus wants to be worshipped. He pushes that, that worship on, that attention on to the person of Jesus Christ. Chapter 16, verse number 8. Just looking at what the Holy Spirit does. Chapter 16, verse number 8. This is a good one too. And when He is come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. When the Holy Spirit shows up, He convicts. He's that thing inside of you that goes... It's just, I guess just me, y'all. He speaks a different language to you apparently, alright? But, but with me, He's the one that's like, don't you do that, that's sin! 
That's it. No, no, read back. He goes, he, he, he come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, of sin, what's wrong, of righteousness, what's right, and of judgment that someday God will judge between the two. No, no, for every action that we take, God will judge us whether it was sin or whether it was righteousness. And for every action, for every idle word that man shall speak, we'll give an account of to the things of God, to, to God. For everything that we do, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself, Romans 14 says, to God. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will all stand and give an account of our lives, of what we've done, whether it was good, whether it was bad. We will give an account of our lives. And so the Holy Spirit of God helps us to go, don't do that. And then he helps us to go, do, do that. And then he goes, you do whatever you want to do, but just remember you're going to stand before God and give an account of that one time. Now, come on. I liken that to like my older sister. Come on. I liken that to my older sister. My older sister didn't have the authority to spank me, although she did a couple times. Um, but she would remind me, that's wrong. Better clean your room. That's right. And constantly she would remind me of this. Mom and dad are coming home. Mom and dad are coming home. Mom and dad, come on, that's the Holy Spirit of God. That, that, that's what He's doing. He's, he's reminding us, He's convicting us, reproving us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Reading on. Verse number 13. Howbeit when He, we're doing well, howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Next, the Holy Spirit of God guides us into all truth. How is that different? Okay. Guides us means He goes with us. So I, I've never I've never hired a hunting guide because um, I don't have money. Uh, but some of our church will hire guides, hire hunting guides. They'll go on hunting expeditions, and several of them have gone down to Texas and gone hog hunting, and and they'll hire these guides that 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 and, and the guide. Listen, the, this is not a guide. A guide doesn't sit at camp and go, okay, you go over that ridge, you walk two miles, and you see a big stump, you go left, you take that down to the creek, you follow the creek. That's not a guide. A guide goes, follow me. And they go over the ridge, and they go to the stump, and they go left, and they did. Okay, some of you don't like hunting, so. Okay, when you go to Walmart, and you're like, hey, can you tell me where the, I don't know, the blinker ball bearing fluid is? And they're like, you know, some people are like, that's aisle 16, and they just stay sitting there. Or like, that's an automotive. That's not a guide. A guide is when they get up and they go, here, let me show you. And they walk you down to the aisle and they go down and it's right here. These are the options that we have. Can I help you with it? Come on, that's a guy. That's what the Holy Spirit of God does. He's that guy. He doesn't just sit back and go, this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do. No, no, he comes with us as we should and he helps to try to stop us from the shouldn't. He is our guide. He is constantly there with us. We're, we're, we're going someplace. Stay with us, all right? He will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself. Now we're just re-emphasizing what we've already emphasized because we want to put double emphasis on it. The Holy Spirit of God is not about himself. And churches and religions that would emphasize the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as they would call them, and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and outward signs of the Holy Spirit, they've got it wrong because the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be worshipped. The Holy Spirit wants to funnel worship towards the person of Jesus Christ. We read on. But whatsoever you shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. As you are close to the Holy Spirit, and as you listen to the Holy Spirit of God, he will tell you things and show you things that haven't happened yet. Like, like a fortune tell? Oh, yeah, kind of. Like, if you keep treating your wife that way, she's going to divorce you. And then you look, okay, that was a bad illustration. All right, let's try, let's try something different. If you keep spending, spending money that way, you're going to be broke. 
No, no, he'll, he'll show you things to come. He'll be like, if you keep going down this road, this is the ultimate destination of where you're going. This is what's going to happen if you do that. He'll help you to understand the Word of God and how it relates in your life in 2023 and futuristic events and futuristic things. And yes, he will actually help you to understand, you know, it's okay. And, and this just means that this is going to happen. And that just means that this is going to happen. And he will, he will show you things that have not yet happened because you have a relationship with him. Lastly, all right, lastly, and then, we're, then we'll preach. Verse 14. Remember, Jesus is speaking. John chapter 16, verse number 14. He shall glorify me. The Holy Spirit always, always, always promotes, pushes, exalts the person of Jesus Christ. Always, always. Now, this is just John 14, 15, 16. There's much more teaching in the Bible about the Holy Spirit of God. The, the Holy Spirit of God uh, uh, in, in empowers us. The Holy Spirit of God um, uh, 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 convicts us and, and uh, uh, woos us, draws us to himself so that we might be saved. The Holy Spirit of God does a lot of different things. Okay, so now we understand who just a little bit about who the Holy Spirit of God is and what he does, right? Our, okay. So now let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We now know who the Holy Spirit of God is. Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica says, quench not the Spirit. Don't put out the fire of the Holy Spirit of God. Okay? The Holy Spirit of God is a real person. Okay, so Alex, if you would help me here tonight. Alex has agreed to, to help me tonight. All right, come, come alongside me. All right. So here's, here's what we're going to pretend. Alex is the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, Alex, we're pretending. We're pretending, okay? Alex is the Holy Spirit of God. And, and Alex can't indwell me because that's just weird I don't, I don't know so so we're gonna we're gonna link out he's in okay so wherever i go he goes come on i'm saved so wherever i go he goes he's the holy spirit just an illustration he, he's the holy spirit and so as we're as we're walking along and all of a sudden maybe i'm, I'm starting to have a wrong thought no come on no, you're gonna look at me funny because we're being this transparent but a, a woman walks by and she's not dressed right and i and i'm like looking he goes what are you doing what are you doing that's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts. Come on, He convicts. He reminds us of, 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 of sin and of righteousness and judgment to come. You want your wife knowing you're looking at that? You want your life looking at that? <laughs> okay, we'll keep it simple. We'll keep it simple. We'll keep it short. All right, we'll keep it short. Come on. <laughs> I told you we were going to get to the shallow end of the pool. I told you. We were going to swim, and then we we're going to come back. All right, shallow end of the pool. And the Holy Spirit lets me know when I'm lonely and I'm going, nobody cares. Nobody understands. Nobody even knows what I'm going through. And he goes, I do. I do. And I'm with you. I'm with you. And I watch the news. Come on. And it's scary. No, it is. No, we joke a lot. We joke a lot. If, if you're a red-blooded American, you have to, Christ aside, if you're a red-blooded American, you have to vacillate between wanting to grab a gun and going and charging something somewhere and shooting something somewhere, or just curdling up in a fetal position and crying. If without Christ, that has to be our response as we're watching the news. And 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 the the depravity and the wickedness that is going on in our culture and, and America just further and further and further away from God. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit goes, It's okay. It's okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I got this. I got this. And he's not just Alex. He's God. No, no. God. God in your heart 
says, I'm with you. It's going to be okay. Inflation is 8.79%, unless you count gas, milk, and bread, in which case it's like 18.89%. <laughs> and you're going, Lord, how am I going to handle that? And he's like, I, I, I got it. I got it. It's going to be okay. And you're looking at your kids, and then the thought hits you in like four years, Brother Pollock, you're going to have like 17 teenagers in your hands. I don't even know the math on that, but it's, it's somewhere accurate. It's somewhere close. And you go, I'm going to be the father of 17 teenagers at one time. And the Holy Spirit goes, it's okay, I've, I've raised a few teenagers. Come on. It's, it's powerful. It, 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 it's helpful. When I go, I don't, I don't know what, what to do. I don't know which direction to take. I don't know to, to take this job or to turn this job down. I don't know how to buy this car. He goes, this is what you're supposed to do. And, and the Holy Spirit and God gives me instruction. He gives me advice. Give advice. Just don't say, listen give. To me. Don't listen to me. <laughs> That's the wrong advice. It's powerful. Listen, it's powerful because what it means is this. You're not alone. You're not alone. In this world, you have someone to help you someone to guide you, someone to remind you that you're not by yourself. Listen, when your family, maybe you're sitting here tonight, your husband or wife doesn't come to church, and, and that's very frustrating, and, and you feel very lonely and hurt at times. You know, the Holy Spirit of God will come alongside you and say, I'll stick closer than a brother. I'm a friend that loveth at all times, and a brother that is born for adversity, and I will help you. And, mm, this is awesome, He, in the form of the Holy Spirit, wants your spouse to come to church more than you do. It's awesome. It's awesome. Stay here. Don't move. But the Bible says, quench not prophesy. Or quench not the Spirit, excuse me. So to quench means to put out. It means to dampen. It means to squash. Now, I already talked to Alex about this, so nobody get super upset, okay? I told you we were going to the shallow end of the pool. You didn't, you didn't know we were also going to the splash pad. You didn't, you didn't know that. Now, don't let the, don't let the illustration... No, no, hold on. Don't, don't look at me like I'm crazy, like I'm making stuff up. That's the Bible verse. That's the Bible verse. You, you missed it, brother. Have a seat. I'll explain later. It's okay. So, quench not the Spirit. So, we're still linked. He's, he still indwells me. And now the girl walks across my path, but I've quenched him. He says nothing. I put him out. I silenced him. Now the loneliness comes. Why am I all by myself? How come nobody cares about my hurts? How come nobody cares about my life? How come nobody cares about what I'm going through? How come I'm all by myself? And he says nothing. And I, and I start to do things that I know are wrong. And I, I start to do things that, that used to, there'd be conviction and there'd be, there would be guilt and there would be something inside of me that screams out, don't do that, don't look at that, don't watch that, don't go there. And he's, and, he, and, he, and he's silent. And I watch the news and I get depressed. And I get discouraged. And I get angry. And there's, there's nobody there to tell me. And I'm trying to raise my family and I'm trying to go, okay, I know, I mean, the Bible is black and white, but there are some... There's some areas where, where should I send my kids to school? What curriculum should we use? How, how should I judge them in this situation? How should I handle this situation? God, God I, I need some help. And the, the third part of God, the full part of God, that God orchestrated and ordained, 
to live inside of us and teach us all things and bring all things into our remembrance is silence. Because we quenched it. Don't go too far. I might bring you back up. Well, how, how do we quench him? Well, remember, he's a person. He's a person. So pretty much you can summarize it this way. You quench him the same way you would hurt any relationship. Let, let's, let's get just a little bit more specific. You quench him when you intentionally disobey. You know, there are some things, if you, if you were particularly raised in church, that are so definitive, you don't really even need the Holy Spirit to remind you that they're wrong. Let's just start extremely high. Murder. Come on, murder. Hopefully none of you were like, you know what, I was going to kill someone, and then preacher said, thou shalt not kill, and I was like, well, I guess I won't. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's there. So you, you know you're not supposed to, but you do it anyhow. Lying. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Come on, lying. Ten commandments stuff. You, you know you're not supposed to, but you did it anyhow. You, you, you had to fill out something at work, and you had to sign something. You knew you're not supposed to, but you did it anyhow, and, and you did it on purpose, and it didn't just slip out. You, you did it intentionally, and, and you just basically told the Holy Spirit of God, who's telling you not to do that, to shut up. You quenched him. You quenched him. We quench him by taking him places he doesn't want to go. What do you mean by that? Well, if he indwells you, then wherever you go, he goes. Whatever you see, he sees. Whatever you hear, he hears. And so you quench him by taking him places he doesn't want to go. By the way, he's God. Remember, he's God. Some They, they get lost on that, so let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Imagine my wife and I say, I say let's go for a walk, baby. Let's, let's go for a walk. My wife likes to go for walks. She scores me major points. Let's go for a walk. So we're going for a walk. We're just walking aimlessly through the neighborhood. And we're walking by this random house, and I go, hey, I know this house. I love this house. I've got a ton of good memories at this house. I mean, I just, oh, this house is so special to me, so important to me. She goes, why? What, what's up with this house? And I go, oh, it's my ex-girlfriend's house. Did I just quench that? By the way, please say yes. If you say no, I, I hope you're single, because that's not going to go well, all right? No, I just took her someplace and showed her something she did not want to see or hear. I promise you I just hurt our relationship. You, you sit down and watch filth. Hello. You sit down and watch filth. You, you, you pull up your phone and watch filth on your phone. You, you watch filth on the internet and you don't think that's going to harden and hurt your relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. You're, you're wrong. You're wrong. You, you listen to the radio, and we're we're listening. And, and and I know I know as a preacher, as a Baptist preacher, I'm supposed to preach against rock and roll. And so don't listen to rock and roll. But how about we talk about country and western that talks about sleeping and boozing and come on, come on, don't don't look like I'm crazy. That's the overall theme of country music: is who are you sleeping with now, or who broke up with who, and who, and you think you're going to listen to that, and then come into church and have the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, 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 instruct you in all things and bring all things to your remembrance right. and at night when you're all by yourself and you're feeling lonely and you're feeling hurt he's going to come on no, no, you, you told him to shut up and he's a gentleman he will yes. he will probably the most predominant way that we quench the Holy Spirit is this is when we reject him when we reject him the Holy Spirit will we're, we're all, and the Holy Spirit goes okay how about this I want you to witness to that person you're here tonight and you're saved. You know what that is. You're, you're standing at the grocery store. You're, you're waiting in line. And uh, you, you look back and two people back, there's somebody you know. And the Holy Spirit goes, you should invite them to revival. You, you should invite them to the fall festival. You should invite them to this. You should invite them to friend day that's coming up. Uh, uh, you still have that ticket in your pocket. Come on, you should invite them to friend day. Come on, don't look at me like I'm crazy. 
and you go, no. You just quench the spirit. You just quench. He's the one that told you to witness to them. You just, you just, you just. Holy Spirit might tell you to give. Go on. I, I'm preaching after the offering tonight, so nobody look at me like I'm trying to benefit from this. The offering's already passed. Plates are gone, okay? Holy Spirit of God goes, you should give that to the missionary. You, you should up your missions giving. You, you should do that. And you go, you can, you can, you can. No, no, you're, you're, we're still in America. It's a free country, for a little bit at least. You, you still can. But don't expect to hear from them again. Because you just told them to be quiet. How about this? The Holy Spirit of God tells you, you need to get saved. You need to get saved. We didn't cover that tonight in John 14, 15, 16, but he, he's the one that draws. He's the one that woos. He's, he's the one that comes alongside you and goes, you need that. He's talking about you. He said, I don't know you. I don't know who is, who isn't. And the Holy Spirit of God's like, he don't know you, but I know you. And I know you need this. You need this. You need this. You, you know you need this. He doesn't even need to preach on this. You already know you need this. And for whatever reason, you go, no. There's coming to that. You, you, just, you just quenched him. In Genesis chapter 6, I believe it's in verse number 3, I know it's chapter 6, the Bible says this, and my spirit shall not always strive with man. God doesn't say, I'm going to keep convicting and keep wooing and keep drawing and keep... No, there, there's coming a time when everybody will be convicted for the last time. Everybody will reject or accept for the last time. Last time. And who's to say that revival meeting Wednesday night isn't the last time? I, I don't know. You go, well, you're trying to scare me. No, no, I'm just trying to present the facts. The Holy Spirit of God is convicting you and then... Listen, I wouldn't reject him. I wouldn't pour water on him. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't reject God in the form of the Holy Spirit of God. One last. We're 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 running out of time. One one last sort of principle or application or thought. Those who have quenched the Holy Spirit of God have eliminated the work of the Holy Spirit of God in their lives, or at least dampened the work of the Holy Spirit of God. In their lives. What do you mean? Don't respond, but I know a lot of believers that are like this. Preacher, I, I'm so alone. I feel so lonely. If you're saved, you're not alone. But you might feel alone because you've quenched the Holy Spirit of God. For the park, it's like God is gone. I read my Bible, nothing. I sit in church, nothing. It's the same thing over and over. It's just... It's like the, the peanuts, Charlie Brown, you know, the wah, 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 wah. All the preaching just, it just, it just, there, there's nothing. No, no, because you've been, you've grieved the Holy Spirit so many times, you've quenched the Holy Spirit so many times, He doesn't even convict you anymore. He doesn't draw you anymore. And so perhaps tonight it's convicting that you're not convicted, that you, you've grown so accustomed and so used. Well, Brother Park, I fret and I worry and I, I'm just constantly afraid of, of this and of this and of this. Well, yeah, it's a scary thing to go through this world without God coming alongside saying, I got you. Come on, it's a scary thing. You, you told him to be quiet. He's still there. No, no, you can't lose him. You can't lose him. You can't lose him. He's still there. But he's not at work anymore in your life. And he doesn't empower you and you, you, you feel powerless in the world and he doesn't encourage you and he doesn't convict you and he doesn't warn you of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. He doesn't, he doesn't do any of those things. And, and, and you're just kind of like going, What's going on? You silenced him. No, no, you, you, you silenced him.
Many, many years ago, my wife was witnessing, she was a, a, a nanny for a while, uh, or an au pair, as they called it. Au pair, I believe, is French for charge a lot of money. <laughs> so she was watching these rich kids' kids and, and these rich people's kids, and, and all of the nannies in the area would take their kids to this one park. And, and uh, uh, my wife and I originally met, her parents were missionaries in Germany, and my parents were missionaries in Austria. And we met while we were on the mission field. And so we both speak German. And uh, there were a lot of German exchange students that were there working as au pairs or working as nannies. And so my wife began to talk to some of these girls and then found out they were German and started talking to them in German and invited them to come to youth group. This is when I was still working with the teenagers. And, and so they did, though they were in their 20s. They, they came to youth group and had a good time, goofed off and whatever with the youth department and, and on Wednesday night. And then the one of them said, I, I need to talk to you. Can I come back tomorrow and talk to you? And so. She came back the next day, and my pastor sat in his office next door with the door open. I sat in the office, so everything was above board. And, and I'm talking to her, and, and she goes, this is what I want to talk to you about. She said, I'm a preacher's daughter. I'm a, I'm a preacher's daughter from Germany. And it wasn't a Baptist church, but she had a good testimony of salvation. And I'm grateful. Listen, I'm a Baptist all the way, but we're not saved by being a Baptist. We're saved only exclusively through the person of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, so she was saved. She had a good testimony of that. And then she goes, but I come to church and nothing. And I read my Bible, and nothing. And she goes, songs that used to bring me joy, nothing. She goes, it's as if God is dead, and I killed him. What's going on? And I kind of talked to her for a little bit more, and, and really was just kind of waiting for the Lord to give me some insight, and finally I just said, when did you tell God no? She goes, what do you mean? I said, when did God tell you to stop doing something and you said no? Or when did God tell you to start doing something and you said no? When did you tell God no? She began to weep really uncontrollably. And eventually she got out the story. She was living with a guy. She had left Germany to come to America so that she could be with this guy. And, and she was living with this guy. And, and obviously in open sin and rebellion. And she goes, that's it. That's when I told God no. And I said, listen, God's going to keep ignoring you until you get that right. Until you, you've quenched him, until you unquench him. Well, how do I unquench him? How, how do we get forgiveness from God? If we can confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, that's God. Remember, the Holy Spirit is God. So it's, it works the same. And I said, you'll never hear from him again until you get this right. She knelt down and prayed and asked God to forgive her. She said, can I borrow your phone? This was before cell phones. I slid her my cell phone across the desk. She picked up the phone. <laughs> and in German, it was so cool. In German, she's, she's like, I'm not supposed to date you. I was never supposed to date you. I'm not coming home until you get the stuff out of the apartment. We're broke up. We're through. I'm like, that was kind of harsh, but cool, I guess. You know, I was... She goes, can I borrow your phone again? Yes. Papa? And she started bawling. She handed me the phone, and the dad is hysterical on the phone. He, he goes, what's going on? I said, my name is Park Sutton. I'm here with your daughter. She's fine. And he's thinking something bad's happened. I said, she, she wants to talk to you. She, she just broke up with her boyfriend. She wants to know if she can come home. One of the coolest phone calls I've ever been a part of in my life. 
And she left that morning. Listen, she left that morning. She never came back to our church. She didn't join. She didn't become a pastor's wife. No, no. She, she went back and kicked her boyfriend out of the apartment and got on a plane and went back to Germany as far as I know. Right, we got. But when she left, she goes, I can hear him again. I'm clean again. I'm right again. Pretty awesome. Can I tell you, as our world gets more and more crazy, quench not the Spirit. As we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ, quench not the Spirit. Well, what do you think, Pastor? You've been here for, for a week. What do you think the Valley Avenue Baptist Church really needs? Quench not the Spirit. Mark, you've got, you've got three kids and two are in Bible college and the third one hasn't been arrested yet. What, what advice could you give? Quench not the Spirit. For the park, reading your Bible and stuff, what, what advice could you give? Quench not the Spirit. So come on, there's a lot of different things you could say. But as Paul is writing this letter and he's, and he's signing it off and he's trying to think of how to help these young believers in difficult times, he says, don't quench the most interactive part of God in your life. Don't ignore him. Don't shut him out. Don't block him off. Why? Because without him, you won't have his peace and his presence and his power and his communion and his instruction and his illumination. But if you'll listen to him, you will. You will. And it is the most, listen to me, not the most powerful because Jesus Christ is the most powerful. It is the most interactive part of our walk with God is the Holy Spirit that indwells us and daily works with us. Don't silence God. Quench not the Spirit. Heads bowed tonight. Eyes closed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight. Again, I, I thank you for your attentiveness. I thank you for your attendance in coming. Uh, you've been easy to preach to. I, I'm so thankful tonight. Truly, I am. I trust over the last few days we've gotten to know each other a, a little bit and maybe a little bit of trust has been built between or established between us. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one with but pastor looking around. You go, Brother Park. I am not certain of my salvation. I, I am not certain if I died where I would go. I am. I am. I am. I, I don't know for sure that I'm saved. Would you pray for me? Would you let me do that? Would you raise your hand tonight and let me pray for you tonight, Brother Park? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to reject Him one too many times. I don't want to refuse the Holy Spirit of God that's convicting one too many times. You know that conviction. It's not Pastor Barry. It's not Brother Sutton. It's it's not even it's not even this church. It's the Holy Spirit of God saying, "You is talking to you. He's talking to you." Would there be anybody like that tonight that would let me pray with them? Brother Park, pray for me. Thank you tonight. By the response to that question, the vast majority of people in the room would believe that they are saved. And I have no reason to question or doubt that. And to you, I would just simply repeat the message. Quench not the Spirit. Lord, I thank You that You love us. Thank You, Lord, that You will convict us of righteousness, Lord, of sin, of righteousness, and judgment to come. You'll teach us all things, bring all things to our remembrance. Lord, You're the Comforter. Peace I give unto You. My peace I, I leave unto You. Not as the world giveth, give I unto You. 
Lord, again and again and again, Your Word. Your Word. Glorifying Jesus. Lord, the, the reason why we struggle to glorify Jesus is because we've silenced the Holy Spirit of God. That's all He ever does is glorify Jesus. Help us, Lord, to not quench Your Spirit now in this opportunity for this invitation. May we not reject what You're telling us to do, whatever it is. For some tonight, it may be to, to, to apologize to somebody. For some, it might be to, to get something right. For some, it might be to witness to somebody, to start reading your Bible, to start tithing, whatever it is. May we not, may we not quench your spirit tonight by rejecting your spirit. Bless in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We stand tonight to our feet.